All right. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Kumar, your lifestyle entrepreneur. I have my dear friend, Dan, who's going to help you take your entrepreneurial journey to the next level. So, Dan, please introduce yourself and tell a little bit about yourself to the audience who may not know you. Sure. My name is, uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. This is uh, a lot of fun doing these. Um, yeah, my name is Dan Portick. I'm a best-selling author, and I've also owned my own ad, ad agency and marketing companies for over 30 years. Um, I've been in the business for a long time, and I've seen a lot of ups and downs, and uh, I've seen a lot of ups, and I have an opportunity to work with some pretty large companies in this in this world, and uh, I can give you some insights on uh, on some positive things on how to uh, move forward in your businesses. All right, man. That's 30 years. That's a long time in a business. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so how, how did you get started? Well, uh, going back quite some time, gosh. Well, in, in the advertising world, I started actually in sales in uh, health club memberships. And I don't know if anybody's old enough that would remember the Scandinavian health club memberships back in the day. Um, I worked for their competition, which was called the Back Wall. And the Back Wall was a health club place. And uh, we would go in and I learned everything about sales in these health clubs, uh, particularly from a gentleman named Tom Hopkins. Tom Hopkins was like the master sales trainer of that era, internationally known. And uh, one thing led to another. And I, I learned everything about sales through that. And then I've had some opportunities through some different friends that were looking for someone to do sales. So I went into the advertising business sales, basically. We were selling brochures at the time. That's how long ago this was. And, um, but I knew how, how to sell because of Tom Hopkins sales training techniques. So within a, probably about a five year period, I became a partner with the company. And then I grew that to a pretty substantial business over a 20 year period. And then, Recently, we reinvented and turned ourselves into a video production and video marketing company. Um, through, through that process, I became a uh, best-selling author by actually meeting my mentor, Tom Hopkins, and writing a book with him. And that's where, my, that's where this all uh, started taking off to a different, different avenue <laughs> for the most part. Okay. I mean, that's a really nice backstory. So how did you come up with the idea of writing a book? I'm sure one day you didn't get up in the morning like, hey, I'm going to write a book. I'm sure, <laughs> right, right. I'm sure there was a backstory behind it. So tell us a little, yeah. little bit about that. Sure. So uh, as I mentioned, my mentor was Tom Hopkins. So I was finding, and this is a lot about, really business is a lot about sales. It, it, everybody's selling to everyone, whether they think they are or not. So um, I was doing his techniques up until maybe like five years ago where I started seeing, um, instead of making a phone call or talking to people, I was doing all my selling online. So all my direct selling to big companies, all the way to the point where I would prospect all the way to the close, I would never talk to the customer. And so that started to become almost like, wait a minute, this needs to be known by other people in the world. So um, I reached out to Tom uh, through LinkedIn and I, I talked to his team and I said, you know, I think I got this concept where we're using your techniques and my techniques, your closing techniques and my online training techniques, sales techniques to really close sales without ever speaking to a customer. 
And this is before COVID. So, you know, I looked at it like, you know, this could be interesting if this could really help people. And he said, I really like the idea. And he says, get with my VP, talk to them and see if it's something that a publisher might want to take on. Um, so we went through the process. Uh, I sent a rough draft over. I just started typing. The first thing she said was, send me a brain dump. <laughs> so I just keep typing, you know. So I sent him about 20,000 words on everything that I've done in that business, you know, and how it's, I've closed sales as much as $20,000 without ever speaking to the customer. So when they heard that, they were like, okay, we're going to want to do something with this, I think. Right. So um, we got the book to the point where it was an outline. And then we started pitching publishers. And one said, we'll, do, we'll take it right away. We want to enter into agreement with you. We're ready to market this thing because it's, it's a unique concept. The book's called Fill Your Funnel. And um, we put it out in the marketplace with some unique promotions. It became a bestseller in like three months in uh, two countries. So it was, it was pretty cool. And that put me on the road to becoming an author. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't like I did it myself. I worked with some, I reached up to someone that really knew what they were doing and they really helped me through the whole process. So since then I've written three additional books and I'm on the road to trying to do this more and more. Wow. First of all, a, a brain dump of 20,000 words. That's not a small chunk. <laughs> Well, when you're my age, it actually comes out pretty easy. <laughs> a lot to pull from, you know? <laughs> yeah, really. Like some people have a hard time just trying to write a 500-word blog post, and you're like, 20,000, that's like easy. I'm like, yeah. well, that's not easy, but okay. <laughs> no, but you know what? I think the whole thing behind it is you just have a block. You have to, you have to just think in your head like you're telling a story to a friend, you know? Okay. Just keep typing. Don't worry about grammar. Don't worry about anything. Just type like you're typing to a friend. Okay. And you know it, you'll have several thousand words. You're looking down at the little word document. Hey, where did I get all those from? And right. then it just starts flowing. And right. yeah, it just came back to me once a day. I would just go on and, you know, type another thousand words. You know, oh, about that thing I did. Oh, that. What about that? And, you know, each one was a thousand words and it, was, it, it came along quick. Right. Yeah. I, I remember back in the days when the blogging world was like so big, I used to write uh, like a good 500,000 world. It took me some time. The very first one, when I tried to do that, it took me literally four hours to write it. And I was like, Oh my <laughs> God, there has to be a better way. Right. Right. And I was like, there's no way. And I really don't like writing blog posts, but sometimes you have to do it. So what I do is sure. I, just, I just cheated where I record myself with five minutes increment and then whatever yeah. it comes out to be, sometimes it's like 500, sometimes it's 1500 words. I just transcribe it fastest way ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever works for individuals, that's the way to do it. You know, whatever works right. best. Cool. Yeah. All right. So to tell me what is the one or two things you are really excited about that you're working on currently nowadays? Yeah. So right now, um, now that the book's done uh, and these other books are done, um, Tom Hopkins is retired and he announced that. So I said, Hey, you know what? I don't think our work's done together here. And he, I talked to their people and there, he's like, well, he's really not taking out any more projects. I said, this is one he, I think he may want to consider. Um, so we decided I, I offered to do his life story documentary being a production company, you know, we're going to do it, you know, and he, uh, we wanted to do it. And, he said, uh, he thought about it. He was kind of shy about the whole thing because I really don't know if I want to do this, but 
his wife and uh, their assistant talked him into it. And uh, so for the past year, I've been doing that documentary. We've been out to Arizona and uh, shooting it at his location. Um, and then it's coming along. We're probably about a month away of being completed. So wow, that is a really, really nice uh, journey, I guess, if you can look at it, go document. Yeah. So walk me through if you just a little bit like how does that work? Like for example, you have seven days, right? Or three days, whatever the time frame that you have with a person. How many hours do you actually record like on site? And then that way to make sure when you're editing it, you have enough kind of uh footage. Yeah. So it's preparation is probably the biggest part of this. Um, before we did anything, it's, it's well, let's go back a step. Uh, developing a documentary is like a huge jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> you know, you're taking pieces, some of the pieces we're trying to get to put in this place to make it make sense. But so the key behind it is you start with a roadmap and the roadmap is like a series of questions, subjects about the man's life, uh, about things that he's done, the people he's helped. You know, he's trained over 5 million salespeople in seminars. I mean, that's a huge undertaking, you know? So learning all about that, all his, everything he's doing. Um, and, and, and once you get that roadmap, then you block off the time to go see him. He has the questions and he works on the answers. He's very, he's constantly professional. I mean, he had, he had great answers already made up when we gave him the questions by the time we got there. So we flew in and uh, the first time it was about a four hour session. It wasn't a whole day. Oh, okay. What you do first is you shoot all the questions and answers with, with at least in this format we did. And then afterwards, you would shoot B-roll, which is like supporting footage that goes underneath or whatever the person's saying. So if he's talking about, you know, what their pool looks like, he could talk about it, but showing the pool, you know, that's when you shoot that afterwards. So you have the whole idea behind it. And usually you have a script supervisor with you that watches and listens for the words and the key, key phrases and then writes down all the specific things. So while you're out there, you're able to shoot those things. So um, that, that's usually how you would do it uh, to build a documentary. Um, so we took all that back to our studio, started putting it together, and there are these holes that we're missing. <laughs> we're like, yep, oh, we got to get back out to Scottsdale. So out we went. And... Uh, we filled up all those holes with the questions that we needed to answer for that. Um, and then on top of that, you have people that want to talk about him. So we get testimonials. So there's some, you know, Sharon Lecter, world renowned uh, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She wrote it with Robert Kiyosaki. And, uh, you know, there's so many other people that, you know, that wanted to do, be in this. Uh, so we ended up uh, getting green screen from some of them. You know, they would send us their footage and other ones we would uh, we'd actually shoot and fit them in there to make it make it make sense. So that's in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you make it sound so simple. I'm sure when you're, well, uh, when you're doing it, it's a lot harder and complicated process than that, you know. So I totally yeah. understand. So that's cool. Uh, so tell me, yeah. like, what, what is one of the what is one of the biggest challenge let's just say we'll start with that that you had to overcome throughout your life up until now that you're like oh my god i cannot believe i actually did it <laughs> right so uh some of the challenges uh, most of the challenges come from internal i would say 
you know, I have a whole series on fear and there's so many different fears out there, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of the unknown. There's just many of them. And that that's probably one of the hardest things for any business person to overcome. Um, and, and what fixes that is action, just taking some form of action and finding mentors that have been through the same situation and how they can help you get through those type of things. Uh, but there was a point probably um, maybe eight years ago, nine years ago, what was 2009? That was like a big crash with the stock market and everything. And um, I had to really reinvent myself. It was out for 20 years and I had to go, hey, you know, this business was growing. Now I have to come and reinvent myself as a middle-aged person. And I have to, you know, what's, what's the next step? The next step was video. So that's, we saw that as being a factor where we can get into dealing with big agencies but not having to compete with them at the same time. So um, that was, that's where we started growing in that area as well. But to it, let's say to a new person in business, right. Challenges. I just figured that's what, yeah. So some of the big challenges are, are, there are too many opportunities out there. It, people will become bogged down by, especially young people, they, they get bogged down by the, the land of opportunity and they, they freeze. It's like stage fright. They don't know what to do. I, I find that to be the, one of the biggest things. And they'll either go into a specific thing that it hasn't, you know, it, they're not happy because they're there, but they, it's a paycheck or they get caught up with, I can do this, 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 I can do anything. And when you're stuck doing anything, uh, sometimes people just don't do anything because it's too, too much for them. But my, my f main thing is what I tell people is, Focus, follow through. Whatever you do is you take a focus and you follow through to the end and get in the habit of following things through. It can be small steps, but eventually those big steps, it will become big steps. And that, that I think is probably the most important thing to millennials and Gen X and you know, people of that age group. I'm so glad you brought that up because I know a lot of people who are just starting out or people who's been doing it for a while, they get to this point where, let's just say for simplicity, say five ideas. And in their mind, all of those five ideas are a big hit. But what is your process, process let's just say, if you have five ideas? How do you say, I'm only going to work on one? So how do you eliminate the other four? So that way you don't drive yourself insane working on all of <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate because mine are like 50 or 100, you know, because every day you're like, Oh, what about that? This would be a great idea. What about that? And then I got a kid that works for me. He's great. He's a millennial. He's full of ideas, just full. Of, so I get his ideas coming in, and uh, it's it's great stuff to have that. But to really nail it down is, I guess you have to look at it as like what's what would make you happy? What would really make you happy if the money is not the issue? You know what keeps that stress level low and and allows you to enjoy your life at the same time? You know, money's like way down here on the list to, for happiness, in my opinion, you know, it, 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 it's neat. It's a needed thing for sure. And I think young people really think on that. They, they, you know, God, money, 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 but that's not necessarily what's going to get you where you want to be in the long run, you know? So I start with that. You know, I look at, look at all the factors behind it. Like when I got into the video production business, I, uh, 
looked at it and I said, you know what, in my past business, I was doing videos and then now all of a sudden all these customers are requesting videos from me. Well, gosh, I guess I better become an expert at that. And that's going to be a nice segue for me to go into, into that. Um, should these come to you? I guess the way I would look at it is they actually come to you and they knock the ones that are really good. Like the, the book thing. Um, I wasn't planning on doing that or becoming an author, but I knew I had to come up with an idea that could get me in front of the person I want to be in front of and could help people. You know, this could help a lot of people when they read it. You know, that, okay. that's really the key. So, okay. Oh. That's, that's a good way to do it. So I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure you, when you were writing your book, you had other five, 50 ideas, whatever, but tell me a little bit, like what was the process of you? Like, Hey, other 49 ideas are not, I'm going to work on right now, but writing a yeah. book is top priority. But like you said, uh, whatever is going to help more people, but is there like a, a logical uh, process that you follow to eliminate the others or it's just like goes with your gut feeling? Cause some people just go with the gut feeling and dust it. It was kind of a gut feeling, but, at the same time, um, I knew that I was, by being able to reach Tom Hopkins and talk to him, by the time he talked back to me, I knew that that was the right thing to do because he's a huge mouthpiece out there. He's a mega speaker. And for him to want be interested in this, there's the opportunity that knocked. And I knew I had to take everything else and I had to go on a back burner is now there's a fast track here. And when the publisher said, we want to publish this and put you under contract, their focus falter at that point. That's all it was. Right. Yeah, yeah that, so. that, that, that works out pretty good because you know now you have an opportunity, not only that you feel strong for it, but also people who are like, hey, we want to help you make this a reality. So obviously you, have, you want to go straight ahead, obviously forget the 49 ideas that you had. And well, the other I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Let you finish. Yeah. No. The other thing was the the new book I have out. It's called the Secret Online Door. And that book outlines exactly how to find these people online, how to find professionals that you want to reach out to, and it's a process. It's a process like you have to have a great pers uh, great uh, online presentation. So. People, the first step most people don't understand is when they're trying to reach someone at a VP level, they're not going to be able to do that if they're chasing their dog around in the backyard with a beer as their profile picture. So they have to put themselves to that level. Maybe Mark Cuban could do it because he's already established as a billionaire. But, you know, the average person needs to play at that level. And sometimes you need to actually talk to a close friend and say, hey, can you find some dirt on me online? Because that's, you know, if you find that dirt, you know, you can fix that. So you're still at that level when you want to reach that person. So that, that's the first thing. You know, the next thing you have to know who you're going to want to meet. You know what you, you have to know what you want out of your negotiation. Then you have to write it. And then you have to have the, lose all the fear to send it. So those are like the five steps to reaching anybody online and, and really going for you know, who you want to go after to, to meet or talk to or, or, or go out, you know, find the right job, anything. Oh my God. I really like that idea of like, a, I guess if you want to call it an investigator, have your friend go in there. Hey, can you find a dirt on me? See if you can find it. You know, that's now make sure it's a good friend. You know, <laughs> you don't want someone that's going to go send, send, send. 
Hey, you remember that one time in the bar? We never got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. you didn't pay that one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's right. a really, really good idea. I never even thought about it. So thank you for sharing. I'm sure people who are going to listen to it, they're going to be like, "Wow, that's a really good idea." To you know, because all of us put out so many things out there online. Some of them, you know, it's like your digital footprints. You may have put something out there 20 years ago, or 10 years ago, or a year ago, and you totally yeah. forgot about it. And somebody else with a brand new eyes like that doesn't look good maybe you should take that out or do something about it you know so that's a really good idea yeah and there are ways to get rid of it you know that you can really push it down in the search engines where it might be on the fifth page you know they say where do you bury a dead body page google <laughs> i don't know if you ever heard that <laughs> yeah i have like page, page 10 yeah definitely <laughs> so if you push it up push good stuff in there enough it, it gets gone it gets lost right, so, so. So what is one of the important lessons that you have learned in terms of business up until now that you would like to share with somebody who is just starting out? Yeah, so don't get sidetracked when you start making, when you start getting beyond your friend's cash, your friend's things, you know, don't get sidetracked because if you do, um, you can take your eye off the ball. And, and that's, that was a lesson I learned the hard way on my first, first way around. Oh, okay. Would you like to yeah. share a more on that? Like what was, what was uh, well, sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, we get into a point where you're doing a really decent amount of business and you got 10 people in your staff, uh, you take a day off or two, you go do this, you do that. You don't think about, you know, do things you're not supposed to be doing, you get in trouble, not trouble, trouble, but you know, right. Eh, marginal trouble <laughs> yeah. and it it comes back to bite you i truly think god looks at you and goes eh, eh. <laughs> and if you don't like the nudge you're gonna get a shove and once you get that shove then you go hmm okay gotta start over <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, yeah. it's funny you say that you mentioned the word god i just call it life because whenever you get off sidetrack life is gonna come and be like hey get back on track or like the, the way i your higher I, power I, yeah yeah right. whatever you want to universe call it, right? yeah, yeah it's like you know people's like hey i need a personal trainer in the fitness industry and i can't find them. i'm like you have the best fitness trainer it's called if you don't yeah. see yourself the way you look at yourself in the mirror, then you need to get back on it and listen to what life's saying. But that's a whole other topic. But you know, it's, it's like people call it a different thing, you know. But life is if you let it, it's going to point you in the right direction. But as long as you get out of its way, then you'll be good. That's like I think find what I find is that most people put themselves in front of themselves, I guess, if you want to put it that way, where they block themselves from moving forward. So having said that, is there a strategy or a secret that you learn? People who like always sabotage themselves by negative talk and things of that nature. How do you overcome it to move forward rather than standing still or move worse, move back? Right, right. Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of great books out on that. Um, the Secret is a great book on that subject. I don't know if you've ever read it, but there's a whole series of secret books and it talks just about that. It talks about, you know, your ability to be in control of your environment through your own emotions and your perspective. It's really about your perceptions of your environment 
is what causes you to do what you do and causes people to come in or out of your life. Um, it, it, so I, I totally go by that in many cases. Um, you know, for me, it's, um, I drilled into motivational, back then it was cassette tapes, and I would listen to them 24 hours. I mean, I would sleep with these cassette tapes on, you know, like, especially with like, example, I would sleep with his tapes on listening to his closes. So when I wake up in the morning, my subliminal mind already had those closes. I knew the answers to the questions, you know, so it was crazy. It was something, you know, you just do, you know, uh, so you don't allow those bad things in by doing that. But then, you know, there are other things that get in the way. I mean, there's sin in this world that gets in the way of, and it tries to pull you down. It really does. And you have to be able to be strong enough and to put on an armor to stay focused on what you do. And if you can do that, you can, you can do things and you can do good things. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, like we were saying before, staying focused, move forward and understand. And then, like you say, small action steps to move towards your goal. I think that's the key. Like in my experience, anytime I want to achieve something, when I stop taking action, that's where the negative thoughts or the things starts happening. As soon as I start yeah. take like one small step, I'm like, I'm good. Let's go. It's like, right. You know, Full, 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 full on train going 100 miles an hour, and I'm good. Get out of my yeah, way. Action Don't solves hit. all problems, no matter what it is. And they even say whether you're moving a printer from one corner of your desk or taking a different route home, you know, all those things are little things that help you get past the fear or you know, just, just to take that next step. Matter of fact, just a word on the side every successful person I have interviewed this past year, and they're worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, these people. Every one of them have said, do what you fear most. It was an underlining thing on every one of them. Do what you fear most and you will be in control. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And simple. I, I, it's, yeah. <laughs> simple, but not. Right? Yeah, really. And I think one of the motivational uh, audio cassette because i don't read as much as other people do i, yeah, I listen too. to like audio things and like it was because like, i want to get the information fastest way possible so right one of the audio program that i was listening to was like hey do the thing you fear and death of fear is certain it's like, hey, that's a good saying and um the the thing is i think it's it, not only knowing what having fear but knowing that you what type of fear you have and, and if you, there's so many different types of fear and indicators that go with that, that there's five primary, primary ones that seem to be popping up all the time. And the indicators are, could be as simple, like fear of success, for example, or fear of failure. Fear of success is probably the easiest one because if you have fear of success, you may not want to take that promotion. You may have fear of going into a situation where you may have to public speak you know, where you could have the chance of getting that job or whatever. And, you know, there are, knowing what that fear is, the one you have is, is one of the easiest ways to, to combat it with forms of action. That's really interesting. I never even thought fear of being successful would be a holding factor for somebody. I always it's thought it was a fear. than you think. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's much bigger than you think. 
got a whole new set of responsibilities. And for someone that's timid, you know, they don't want that. That, that That's something they're not used to having. Right. So that would stop them, even if they have a great idea. You find this in scientists, you'll find it in doctors, you find it in a lot of people that are may not be in the public's eye all the time. Uh, that causes them to not, they may have a great idea, a great thing, but they never act on it because of that. That is so intriguing. I never even thought, because I, I heard of the fear of failure. I don't want to do it because I might fail. But what happens if I do it and I succeed, then what? You know, yeah. Like, you heard of that. Is, are there any others that, you know, obviously failure and success is one of them. You said yeah. there was five of them, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah. Sure. The fear of intimidation is a big one. Um, in being intimidated. I That one hit me when I was trying to reach Tom Hopkins because how dare I reach out to this person that has done so much and dare to want to do a book with him. I'm intimidated right away. Um, there's also fear of bodily harm. You know, if you're talking to someone on the phone about doing something and you want, you never know if that person could know your phone number or address. That's probably not as big a one, but that, that it does pop up a lot. And then the biggest one out of all of them that really encompasses everything is the fear of the unknown because that encompasses all the fears. And if you are, have that fear, that takes some effort to get, get past. You know, there's, there's steps you've got to take to, to achieve getting past that. Yeah, that, that was one of mine for the longest time. Then the yeah. fact of what I figured out, like if I don't know anything, let's get curious about it, see what happens. Like for example, right. if we go to a new place, I don't know what it's going to look like. So I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what it's going to look like if it's going to have this thing that I want and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let's just go there and find out what happens. Let's just get curious about it rather than the mind right. going in the negative direction. Let's go in the positive direction. Let's get curious. Let's, right. Let's My wife and I always, we always say, uh, stir the pot. If you, okay. stir the pot, whatever you're doing, the good stuff always comes to the top, <laughs> right? You don't stir the pot, it stays at the bottom. Nothing happens, you know? So, okay. I'm glad you mentioned your wife. And in terms of business, I know a lot of people have this a challenge where they don't know how to balance their work life and personal life. If they're yeah. succeeding one and the other one just go down the drain. So, is there any tips you can share on that? Yeah, I can. Yeah. So, um, you make of your life what it is. If you want to work four hours a day, and be successful at it. You need to learn technology and spend the rest of the time with your family, whatever it was. You're, you're completely in control of your own destiny and, and how you work it and your perceptions of it. So if you get on board with that, the people around you are gonna get on board on that. And, um, if you, and you have to believe it 100%. You know? Now, yes, the beginning of any business, you're gonna be putting in hours to do it. And you know, I can't say, you know, that I haven't, I've done it just like anybody else. But as time went on, you're able to do things you want to do. Uh, and a lot of trainers feel differently about this, but I'd rather see myself happy and, and content and enjoying life that was given to us than struggling the whole time, you know, in a business environment that I'm not happy with, let's say, you know, doing 20 hours a day, whatever it might be. Some people like that, you know. Now on the other side of the coin, I take my laptop on vacation. I spend 80% of my vacation on my laptop. My wife knows it. She likes, she doesn't care. She's on the beach. I do the laptop, writing books or whatever it might be. And it's okay. Cause that we, we like working that way. 
Okay. That works out great. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's perfect because unlike some people, like, if you're on vacation, you're on vacation. You're leaving electronics at home. <laughs> you're not going to take it's, it with me. Yeah. And it's yeah. personal preference. And, right, you know, for right me, I, I enjoy it because it's something that I can do while I'm not doing anything. <laughs> you know? You know, well, the funny thing you say that is because even when you're on vacation, there are 24 hours in a day, you're not going to be doing enjoyment activity all the time there's going right. to be a downtime and you're like i'm i need me time so if you enjoy writing books or doing other things you could do that so you have the flexibility other person has their own me time so if you think about it from that point of view it works out great yeah right yeah as long as everybody is in communication about it it's cool yeah cool all right so tell me how can people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about you yeah, so that's pretty easy. It's danportic.com, and that's kind of like a encompassing website that has the books, my business, you know, podcasts, all kind of crazy stuff on there. So it's a D-A-N-P-O-R-T-I-K.com. All right, and second question is, who would be your ideal client that you would absolutely love to work with? Oh, gosh. That's, that's a tough question. It really is. Uh, because in my business, um, some of my favorite customers are just these huge enterprise companies that us crumbs and crumbs could be, you know, a very substantial amount of business and we get to know them and they'll send us videos all day long, you know, just doing different type of videos. But then I, I have a really nice time working with like medium sized businesses that are established, but don't know anything about video, but are established enough where I'm not starting at square one with them. And they're able to, you know, hey, I need this, this, and this. Can you get it done for me? We know what a video is. We know what we have to do with it. You know, that kind of thing. So those are probably more my prime customers um, at this point uh, to grow the business and build it stable. Okay, cool. So what is one thing that no one knows about Dan and that you can potentially share here? That would be awesome. Wow. All right. So most people don't know I'm a musician. Um, and I started in the 80s rocker, <laughs> you know, with played the club circuits for probably 10 years, 15 years. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So I was a guitarist for many years, lead guitarist for uh, electronic guitar or the regular one? Yeah. The Gibson Les Paul, Marshall Stack, you know, big amplifiers. And that was my. That was one of my first dreams. I wanted to be a rock star. So, <laughs> man, I bought a, I bought a guitar one time. I think like a few years back, and I tried to learn it, the E major and all that stuff. And then later on, after spending around five hundred dollars on it, whatever, I discovered my fingers a little too muscular for them the strings to be in one. <laughs> So I was, yeah, you gotta I was build the calluses too. That's the hard part. Build yeah, those. I know, right between your uh, uh, your fingernails and little skin. Like, oh my god, it yeah. hurts. So it had a new, profound, completely new, profound respect for the people who actually play that instrument. Like, oh my god, I thought well, I could. Go ahead. I used to freak people out because I could take a needle and just go, and just right in the top of my finger because there was so many calluses there. Holy cow. <laughs> They'd be like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> exactly. Or you'll grow back. <laughs> yeah, that's, 
Yeah, really. That's crazy. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I, I did it for, I even bought a course online where I can learn yeah. how to take the, uh, play the guitar, whatever, went through it, maybe half the course. And then it's like, yeah. I learned nothing. I felt like <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to learn this thing in two weeks and play like a really cool uh, song on it, whatever. And then yeah, two weeks yeah. later, I'm like, my fingers hurt. So I'm like, I can't really do yeah. it. I'm supposed to touch one, one string, but the two is again. Right. I know, I know. I'm the same way on the uh, keyboard. I can't. <laughs> They're stringed instruments. Don't you know the violin stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. It's crazy. So, so tell me, what are your plans for next five years? Where will you see yourself, or what project you are working on in the next five years when you achieve a like? I'm good now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so five years, look at that plan is um, not necessarily an exit strategy out of the business, but um, maybe a transition to, you know, some people that would take this, this business over, I could be a consultant. And then I see myself getting more of a teacher, more of a, a trainer type uh, author thing, online author uh, training for sales and marketing. That seems huh? to be I'm going and I also been dabbling in real estate too so that's that's been fun okay so what is uh one thing you could say like for example if you if you are going to another business right so rather than whatever business you in for 20 30 five years doesn't really matter what is the one thing you will say I need to do or I will do to be successful in another business more? I guess the better question would what be the one number one skills that you would need to have if you jump from one business to another business that will make you successful? Well, I personally think it's sales. You okay. need to know the basic behind how to sell and market your company, whatever it is. And then granted that world is changing on a daily basis because of social media, but there are things within the sales process that are timeless and how to, how to treat people, how to treat prospects, how to treat people that will not change in any medium that you use. And that's probably one of the be, being on time. Oh my gosh. I, I can't tell you how many salespeople I talk to that show up a day late. Show, you know, I mean, or don't call back. I mean, these are really basic things, you know, and now with the world with the automated messages, uh, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but this world of automated messages, I send a message out to somebody or no, they send me a message. Hi, how you doing? Glad to, you know, I'd like to get to know you. And I would type back, you know, yeah, great. No problem. You know, let's, let's talk. They would send me another message. Like, did you know that uh, <laughs> it had nothing to do with my answer? That's a kiss of death in the sales world, you know? I mean, right. Absolutely. Especially in sales, you got to be personalized. You know, you just can't automate the whole thing. I mean, I got, part of it, I, you can, but not, not the whole experience. I know I totally agree. Sales is probably the number one thing that you can go from fitness, photography, any other business. Without sales, you got no business. That's what I feel. So I totally agree with you. Right. And the first business I was in was, I knew nothing about photography. It was a photography studio and a, a photo lab. And I knew nothing about photography or the photo lab, but I did know sales. And it took me probably about two weeks to make my first sale. And I went out and 
you know, I started building that business. Now the photography guys knew nothing about sales. So it was a really nice match. I just, I just went in and talked to customers. And then I remember the one guy talking to him and we talked nothing about his, all about his cats. He had cats in his office. Talk about his cats. He says, okay, how much is one of these brochures? And I said, I don't know, 7,500 bucks. It was okay. Pulls out a check, hands it to me. I'm like, okay, now I know I'm a salesman. <laughs> Wow, that's an easy deal. That, <laughs> that was easy. But the, the, you know what the hardest part was? Listening to him talk about his cats for <laughs> an hour and not freaking out and walking out and trying to, you know, talk about the conversation. Great salesmen listen. They listen a lot. And they yeah. guide through questions. Absolutely. Because, the, you know, as you know and I know as well, like people, if you let people talk enough, they will start to tell you the problems that they have. And that's where you can. But sometimes right. it can take you five minutes. Sometimes it can take you half an hour. That's the thing, right? You just yeah, got to be patient. You have to let them listen. You, you polite with them and guide through questions. So when they say something, you want to get them on the right track, ask a question. And I can't tell you how many salespeople never ask questions in a sales presentation. They just talk, 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 talk. Type, type. You know, I get that too. This right. is crazy. All right. So, so so in terms of sales, so is there like three advice that you can give people who are getting into sales or are in sales who want to improve it? What three advice can you give them to help them increase their sales? Well, I would say feel free to look at any of my videos because I have little tips about how to sell online and I've got hundreds of videos on it and they're all free and you just go on and you click on them and you can watch and learn a lot. If not me, find any mentor that is successful at it and, you know, pick up their programs. I, I think it, I always feel these programs, online programs are worth their weight in gold. You know, um, I did a real estate project. I went to a real estate uh, seminar for three days. I learned more in three days for a couple hundred bucks. And it literally changed my whole financial situation by doing a couple little tiny changes in you know, buying a rental property or two, you know, refinancing. And I never knew, would have known that happened. So all that, you know, be a student of knowledge, I think would be really the key behind that uh, in sales, especially. Um, yeah. Cause there's just some basic things. And some of the people that have been around a long time, they really know the ins and outs of it. And that's, that's the key. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for being here, talking to me, helping people oh, listen to this. It's truly been a blast. And I'm oh, cool. we, I had an amazing time. So if there's anything you like to share now, the stage is all yours. Share anything you want to share. For example, your book coming up, where people can find you, email, yeah, podcast, yeah. YouTube channel, whatever you want. It's all yours. Yeah, so yeah, I would just say go to danportic.com and feel free to get all the information that's on there. I think it's, I, I try to make it so it's very helpful for anybody at any age to, uh, for sales and marketing, for business in general, and, um, and try it all out and see what you think. Got a couple of books out, all the books I think, uh, I, I do them because I want to help people. They, they, they really will help people. I've seen it happen. I've seen people buying these books going, wow. These, this, these techniques are working and just my guys in my office, they'll read these books. And they're like, damn, I tried this yesterday. I can't believe I got that. So it's cool stuff. It's, you know, and it, it makes me happy to see that happen. Uh, and they can ask me anytime at info at danportic.com. Awesome. Uh, questions.
All right, cool. I will definitely put all those information in the show notes as well. So you guys can go directly talk to Dan and email him, check out his website. And once again, Dan, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. It's truly been a pass. Awesome. Likewise. <laughs> Take care.